Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. I am the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness, but will have the light that gives life. John chapter 8, verse 12. I have to admit, I have part of my Christmas tree up. The flat is small, so we decide to put up just the top of our artificial tree for the cocktail party we're hosting this weekend. More about that later. However, at church... The evergreens are up without decorations to represent the shoot of Jesse, and our Advent wreath has two candles lit with a third on Sunday to remind us that Jesus is the light that gives life. We're into the third week of the new liturgical year of the church, and we're not looking for a baby. That's already happened. What we are looking for is Christ's second coming. We've been focusing during Advent on preparing ourselves to receive God's tremendous love. And although as Christians we do this work all year, this is a special time in our liturgy as we remember Christ's incarnation and how our lives were irreversibly changed all those centuries ago. God wants us to feel the full impact of the peace that comes from accepting him as our saviour and seeing him as the light that gives life. In our imperfect lives we put up all kinds of barriers, roadblocks, pitfalls, as we stray hide in caves, suffer with our anger, our unforgiveness, our judgments, our pride, our longing to be in control. The kind of peace God is offering is found in the meaning of the Hebrew word shalom. Shalom is a complete peace. It's a feeling of contentment, wholeness, well-being, harmony, prosperity, rest, the absence of agitation or discord. Jesus wants us to follow him, so that we will never live in darkness and enjoy the light that gives us life. May you find true peace this Christmas and aspire to it in the new year. Hello, welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel any preconceived ideas you may have about what educating your children at home looks like. It can be straightforward school or no school at all. It can involve world travel or a comfy seat on the couch. It can be in pursuit of passions or simply hanging out in a tree. And sometimes it can make us wonder what on earth we're doing. I've had my fair share of ups and downs during homeschooling, but I wouldn't trade them for the joy I've gained on seeing the light bulbs go on during the turning points in my children's lives. With God and my family, I've moved in and out of my comfort zones, gained insights and delights along the way, and I'm here to share them with you. I'm broadcasting live today from my flat in Garland, Texas. It's been a cloudy, chilly week full of unexpected twists and turns that have taken me away from holiday preparations and had me focusing on the children's activities. All good distractions because they have cast me once more in the role of needed mum. We love that, don't we? After the first break, I'm welcoming Felice Gerwitz, who is an innovative entrepreneur living very much outside the box. Felice has her own homeschool radio network, so she's familiar with talking up a storm. She also has five thoroughly homeschooled children, so stick around and you'll meet her in just a few minutes. 
I've got my Tetley tea and a couple of Hershey nuggets. Those are easier to open than a kiss, so perhaps not so good. I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking, and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNinnies, where I'll be talking about an upcoming party, how Thanksgiving went, getting all our belongings under one roof, sort of, and downsizing in a big way. Are you ready? As you know, we moved just before Thanksgiving, so that's what almost a month ago. And the movers messed us around, so the day we thought was the big day ended up being a big waste of time, except in the exercise of patience. The movers were supposed to arrive to pick up furniture at noon, and by one thirty, we knew something was wrong when we called and were told that the previous job was taking longer than anticipated. What? And they hadn't called to alert us? Do they only have one truck? By two, we were told, again when we called, they were on their way. But they were 45 minutes away and had to pick up our paperwork first in the office. We did the math. We wouldn't be getting started until 3.30 if they were truly on their way. At this point, with the sun threatening to bail on us around 5.30, my cowboy did the only logical thing, since there was no electricity at the warehouse, and he cancelled the movers. They were devastated and, surprise, surprise, finally called us. They fit us in the next morning and said they would call in five minutes to confirm the move and the time. True to form, we waited in vain for a call. In the end, their office closed and we went to Mass. Very disappointed and irritated. Luckily, we knew just where our bedding was in the warehouse, so we hauled sheets and pillows and a comfy duvet to our flat in preparation for roughing it on the floor. When was the last time you did that? Before we turned in for the night, though, Dortz and her boyfriend came over to help us unpack, except we didn't have anything to unpack. We'd already hung the few clothes we bought with us from Lucas. Instead, we ate a homemade chicken Caesar salad picnic style on a quilt on the floor. I'd managed to finagle some plates and plasticware from the deli at Target, and we had champagne glasses who doesn't, and pink champagne to go with them, so all was well. We had an absolutely lovely evening, but the sleep left a lot to be desired. How I missed my soft, comfy mattress. The following morning, we did finally get a call that the move was on. They'd apparently left messages and tried in vain to reach us, but we have no idea which number they were dialing because neither of our phones had missed calls on them, so that excuse no longer works. The move itself was so slow going, I called a halt after four hours at the warehouse when the truck was almost full, and I didn't think one more thing would fit into the flat. Plus, I was tired of watching them work so unprofessionally. When we arrived at the flat, I heaved a sigh of relief that we were on the ground floor so there were no stairs to have to manoeuvre the heavy furniture up and down. Well, just up, really, and slow things down even more. We had a garage, but I directed everything into the flat to make things easier, and all my boxes were labelled so we knew which room they had to go in. When we dismissed the men after six and a half hours, we set two on the boxes. My schoolteacher daughter came over to help me unpack the kitchen, and as a reward, she stayed for dinner. Hamburgers and champagne this time at a table and sitting on chairs. It was lovely having company to do a thankless task. How many more boxes did I have labelled kitchen drawers? Paris said, don't you enjoy setting up house? I don't know, because the last time I did it was so long ago, we hardly had anything to set up with. We left our cupboards bare, closets echoed from lack of clothes, and my mother on the phone wisely said, it's empty now, but not for long, and she was right. We did have fun unpacking, though, filling 
shelves, cramming all the packing paper into trash bags, collapsing boxes, making heaps of rubbish. We put away china and utensils and tried to set the kitchen up like the one in the family home. Not so easy when the sink and cooker on opposite sides of the kitchen. After a few days, we had everything we wanted unpacked and invited our first outside the family guests over for dinner. The flat looked homey and welcoming, and the garage was surprisingly bare. We could still park our car in it. My plan to move everything out of our storage units under one roof looked as though it may work after all. So a week after our first move, we hired a handyman, whom we've used over the years, to come with his truck and help us complete the process. It took three loads to empty the unit, and boy, it was hard work. Back and forth, load, unload, load, unload. My body ached for days afterwards. Then my blue-eyed cowboy finished clearing out the climate control unit, and voila, we have all our belongings either in the flat or in the garage attached to the flat. I've looked roughly through most of the boxes and wondered why we kept the stuff, but then that was my state of mind at the time of looking. I was tired, disoriented, and really didn't care that much for the items that I didn't need to unpack. All my belongings were with me only they were in strange, temporary surroundings. I'm getting used to it now. The garage isn't that packed yet. The car's happy outside. There's room for two vehicles in the driveway, so we're ahead when our children pay us a visit. We've still got a few large items over at my tiny house son's place, but we have a couple of weeks before that has to be moved. And talking of tiny houses, our living room has three sofas. Well, two love seats on one sofa. My son, who's moving into his tiny house soon, has our two recliners and some tables, a butcher's block, probably lots of other things to get rid of once the month ends and he has to give up his normal-sized house. Yes, you heard me right. He and his wife are moving into their tiny house this week and the nine birds will follow as soon as they can outfit a trailer for them. No room at the perch for their feathered friends. Except perhaps Pigwidgeon, the tiny screech owl. The tiny house is tiny, not just a downsize to a smaller place. It's just 300 square feet. I've been doing some reading about people making these kinds of moves, and it really is a physical as well as an emotional adjustment and decision. Of course, it's very freeing, but I'm still hanging on to all my belongings and wondering, where do they keep all their spare kitchen stuff that they can't give up, like the juicer and sausage maker and those specialty gadgets that only get used a few times a year? I think the car may become a secondary storage space as well as our garage, of course. I hate to see them getting rid of all their wedding gifts when in a few years they may move into a normal-sized house. As we say around here, when the thinking strays way outside the box, it's all an adventure. Lindsay's parents came in for a week to help build the house and stayed with them, although they were at the work site most of the day. Her brother and his six-year-old son came for the weekend, and two friends flew in from San Diego in the closing days to help with the finishing touches. Simon and Lindsay weren't allowed to see the house after the first two days, so there were lots of secrets leading up to the reveal this week. It was very stressful for them. I suppose I've not said that they will be on television in February sometime. So the camera crew were in their faces for most of the week, filming them paring down with the birds. Yes, our name, McNenny, is going to be out there. No pictures are allowed to be posted until after their televised document airs. So it's all very unusual and totally us. In a few more days, they can fully move into their home now parked at a Rogers Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, which is very apt because they're surrounded by peacocks and heron, storks, turkeys, birds of prey, ducks and geese. Their birds will be right at home.
The publicity will be fabulous for the company, Window to the Wild, and watching their enthusiasm is utterly contagious. As far as the house goes, well, the sleeping loft is a little close for my liking. No room to sit up on the bed, but the bathroom's incredible with a composting toilet and a big shower stall. The kitchen's great too with a large fridge, freezer, and a full-size stove. The living area has 10-foot ceilings, so although it's small, it feels large with all the windows to the wild. Our friends in Florida used, used to living in the cramped quarters of a boat took to the idea when it first came up in the spring, but I'm not a confirmed confined space person are you i'll be writing about their adventure on my blog so keep your eyes open for it at boomering.org sometime in the early part of the year and with that it's time for me to go on a break so i'll be back in just a moment with my guest How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success, more stability, more happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smart strategies and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Finally, a show that supports women who are in the midst of a transition in midlife. The show is Second Wind. Here's what certified coach, author, and host of Second Wind, Joyce Buford, wants you to know. It's so empowering for women to hear about other women and their accomplishments. We all need cheerleaders, someone who's on our side. Second Wind is that program to help women connect with other women, hear other women's stories. In a stressful world. Find power in those stories. Learn to discover your passions and joys again. Create the life you want to live to the fullest. Join us for Second Wind with Joyce Buford, Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. With me today is Felice Gervitz, who is married to her best friend, Jeffrey. They have five totally homeschooled children. At the Lord's leading, she not only ventured to write her first book, but launched a publishing business as well. Eight of her titles have received the distinction of the 101 top picks for homeschool curriculum. As a serial entrepreneur, Felice loves thinking outside the box and has been at the forefront of many online ventures, including the Ultimate Homeschool Expo and currently Ultimate Homeschool Radio network with 17 active podcasts. Felice enjoys walking on the beach, baking, reading, camping, and bike hiking with her family, and the occasional girls day out for shopping and lunch. Welcome to my show this afternoon, Felice. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It makes me giggle to hear <laughs> my bio. Who is that person? <laughs> Who is that person? I know oh, sometimes people say, right. wow, you make me sound so busy. And I go, well, you are probably. I, yeah. I don't. Actually, yeah. I used to find that I thought my life was perfectly calm and normal until my parents came to stay. And then I'd realized that I was dragging them here, that I hardly ever was home and wanting them to come with me here, there and everywhere. And what was normal to me suddenly became really, I thought, oh gosh, I do way too much because all I really wanted to do was just kind of sit with my parents and be with them. And um, right. there was just a lot of other stuff going on. And I'm sure you were the same when you were homeschooling your, your, your five. Are they all out of the nest now? No, I, uh, they, they leave and then they come back with the oh, term, right. the boomerang children. Um, yes. <laughs> but, um, my oldest still lives with us and he's, uh, um, he's in his thirties, so he's done homeschooling. And then my second, um, is married with her own family and now she's homeschooling. Mm-hmm. And then we Good. have a little break, uh, which is a story in and of itself. And, uh, we have a 19 year old that graduated last year. And I'm still homeschooling a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. So, oh, okay. so in, you my, still... in my later years, I'm still, <laughs> still at it. <laughs> well, tell me, Felisa, how, how are your 16- and 14-year-old um, being homeschooled compared to your older ones? Um, you know what? It, it's pretty much the same. Um, at some point, my children uh, have a... Uh, they appreciate me to an extent, but I get off on tangents. It's probably mm-hmm. never happened to you, Vivian. No. Um, but I like to go off and, you know, ex- other things that we're studying. So oftentimes what happens is that it takes much longer than they had hoped. So when okay. they get to be in high school, we usually have a talk about it, you know, exactly what they want to study. Um, you know, none of my children have, have really known what do so it's a really good chance to explore some different things and then they want to be able to do some things on their own so we have um, a video class for sure for math even though I'm good at math I like it uh, they'd much rather have you know a, a video professor that that does math with them and then I do history and science mm-hmm. um, with them and then we do an extensive you know writing course and literature course um, mm-hmm. other than that you know my time with them uh, they're exploring different things. Like my son said to me the other day, uh, Mom, you know, when are we going to get back to writing fiction? Because I have a story I want to write. It's probably going to be about seven to ten pages. And I said, really, do you do you have a topic? And he said, no, I just know it's going to be fiction. I was like, okay. You know, I don't think we ever sat there and, and gave ourselves assignments. But I love when that happens because, yeah. you know, we planted the seeds and, um You know, we did have a talk the other day about uh, getting things done a little bit more timely uh, because they're so interested in so many things, and then I have kids who play sports. So that is probably the most different thing. My two oldest um, played sports but more in the homeschool realm, and my youngest three have all played at a local high school that's homeschool-friendly. So they're they're, – Big fish in a little pond. They play really well, so they're very well liked and appreciated. Uh, so that works out. Yeah, yeah. So you, your, your love. I'm, I'm sensing is writing. Obviously, reading goes yes. hand in hand with that, right. because I noticed on your website that you offer 
um, classes for adults um, for writing, which I think is interesting because I think a lot of adults um, maybe come into homeschooling or into their adult times not really either enjoying writing from the experience perhaps they've had at school or not really even knowing where to start. And um, right. obviously that's, that's your strength and that's, that's where you're, you're leading your children. Well, um, yes, talk yeah. about that. I consult. Um, I don't um, actually teach classes, but I have given seminars on the topic. Okay. So, okay. Um, yeah, so when uh, people say to me, um, you know, I see you're going to be, uh, launching your book. Uh, so when people say, you know, well, how did you get a book published or, you know, um, how many books do you have and, and things like that, it was taking me hours at the end to, to share with them. So I was, mm-hmm. I did a seminar and, um, had a book to go along with it, uh, which most speakers do. And so I called it, uh, information in a nutshell, writing and publishing. Mm-hmm. So that it took about four hours to read through the book, if you read fairly well and quickly, uh, and which is, it was about the same amount of time if you and I were sitting down um, and I would go through, you know, step by step how to get your work published, uh, you know, things to consider, things I wish I had known. And then the compendium to that is Business Tips and Taxes uh, by Carol Topp, and that one is for writers, and I, I believe she's been a guest on your show. In oh, the yes, yes, yeah. yes, And, uh, you know, so she always says, you know, um, how many people get called up by a publisher and said, could you please write me a book? <laughs> 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 That's what I did to her, and I asked her to write one on this topic because um, so many people were asking me about setting up a business as an author, and that was outside of my realm because I have yeah. a you know, bookkeeper and CPA and so forth. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what was so, what was your um, first book that you wrote? Um, it's my oxymoron. Uh, it's called Teaching Science and Having Fun, and mm-hmm. I detested science as a student, as an educator, and as a homeschool parent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always get mm-hmm. up there and say this. You know, isn't God great? I just mm-hmm. love how these things happen in your life, and yet. My kids gravitated to science. My oldest child um, has a little bit of a learning challenge. And so that was the one way I would say to my husband, does he think? You know, I don't know. You know, his thought processes do not seem to be logical, you know, to say the least. But, but yeah, that seemed to bring him out. And uh, he had a dog-eared copy of a Pond Life book. And we happened to live on two and a half acres in swampland in Florida called the Six Mile Cypress Blue. My husband's a builder. I tell, tell people that he convinced me that this was a wonderful place to live, which it is. We're still, we're still here after, <laughs> you know, um, almost 30 years. And, um, and it was. It was a perfect uh, place, but the, the yard floods at times. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. some kids would say, you know, well, how come uh, we don't have fish in our driveway like the Gerwitz family? <laughs> you know? <laughs> And, you know, that's great if you're nine, you know, but um, mm-hmm. it, it just goes in cycles. And we've, of course, been filling in our yard as time has gone on. And we have a paved driveway and a paved road leading up to our house. So we've, we've come, um, you know, we lived in a place that didn't even get cable TV, which I was happy with for about eight, the first eight years we lived here. So, uh. you know, that was um, that was something that I was able to teach other parents, and my background is education. So mm-hmm. I can take a topic, even if I know nothing about it, and teach you how to teach it. <laughs> Does that <Yeah>. make sense? <laughs> 
Well, that's, so, that's great. Uh, so that was your, that was your first book and not happy yeah. with just writing this book. It spawned a company because I mean, you talked, yeah. you said, how can I make you, your question, how I want to be an author as a business. Well, I would never think of that. I love to write, but I would never think of it as a business. So you are, you, you've obviously got that mind, that, that yeah. entrepreneurial business mind. Yeah. So you wrote this book. And then it spawned a business. Tell us about that. Right. Well, you know, it, it actually was a very difficult time in my life. Um, I started writing in 94, and Nicholas was born in 95. And I had the two older children, a big span, and then Nick was born. And I was walking around telling people, you know, I'm in my Elizabethan years having this baby. <laughs> and he was very welcome. You know, we were wanting a baby. But I just thought God would hurry up and get it going a little bit sooner, you know, and not yeah. have this 12 and 14 year gap. Yeah. And then I started the business. And I think what he really wanted to say was, you know, you're, you're dependent upon me and not yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I can look back now because we're at 2014 and I can say, you know, I, I can see hindsight, but at the time I'm, you know, I was invited to speak uh, that I started getting invitations all over the place. And mm-hmm. I, I've, came out with the first book, and then I wrote a unit study on geology. It was a standalone book, mm-hmm. and the next uh, time I got a very popular um, homeschool catalog at the time, and what's on the front cover, Vivian? My book. I was really? shocked. Mm. And so that took off. That book's not in print anymore because we, we actually changed the format. And then I happened to meet a girl who uh, was a scientist. I am not a scientist. Uh, I'm an educator. So uh, she um, had done a huge study of the creation versus evolution. Amazing story. She was pretty much an agnostic and then, well, atheist, then became an agnostic and then became a Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, so we we started with, uh, you know, I said, well, what can you tell me about creation? And she gave me a huge outline. So from that outline, I created hands-on activities for the kids. So we have uh, four books in that series, and she was a geologist. So that's how she revamped that. And mm-hmm. then I had a, my, my second oldest, uh, my daughter, said, you know, Mommy, I want to write. Uh, yeah, you do? Okay. Um, why do you want to write? Well, because you write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we mm-hmm. say? You know, they, they, um, we try to teach character, but it's, it's caught, not taught, you know, and, and mm. they catch your not so good qualities and sometimes some, some good qualities. So she and I, uh, wrote the Truth Seekers mystery series. I had no idea how to write a fiction, uh, let alone, and I'd taken some classes years ago, um, but I had never, um, you know, really sat down and uh, to write one. And so I told her that. I said, Christina, you know, I write nonfiction, and that's really easy for me. These are educational. I've got a background in that, but I don't know how to write fiction. And she said, oh, don't worry, Mommy. Uh, we're homeschoolers. We can figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> what do you yeah, say to that, right. Vivian? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I mean, that's, that's so know? true, isn't it? Um, yeah. Felice, uh, yeah. before you launch into um, something <laughs> else. No, well, we, we are going to be going on a break um, really, really okay. soon. And I don't want to have to cut you off mid-sentence because, you know, sometimes that's difficult to come and pick up, but we can pick up right there with writing fiction and the fact that, yes, as homeschoolers, we can find out how to do stuff. So, um, and as you said, you're not a scientist or, you know, you're a, you're an educator, you're, you know, so that's so true. We can, we can teach our children, just let them go. And here's the break. Mm-hmm. 
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. This is the Tokenet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. LinkedIn. It's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. Welcome to The Quip with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances. The online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess to success journey has taken her from life as an upper-middle-class stay-at-home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness as she builds a thriving business while raising her healthy, happy family. Every week on The Quip, Miriam Nicole shares her love, life, legal, and lifestyle success secrets. Whether it's wisdom you're seeking, inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success, or you want to know how to fully align your faith, family, and finances to create more freedom for yourself, you're an Excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com. And join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the Woohoo Radio Network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. So, Felice, we're talking about you writing a fiction book with your daughter, and you've written, you said you wrote two, two um, mysteries, is that right? Three yeah, of them, three, series, three. yeah. Mm-hmm. And do you yeah. have your own publishing company? Is that is that where you went? Yeah, so I have okay. a, uh, Media Angels. Um, it's a publishing company, so it's Media Angels Inc. And I mm-hmm. registered, trademarked the the name Media Angels. Um, there are still people out there that um, use it, but I just wanted to make sure that I owned that trademark so that I mm-hmm. would be able to use it on, as an imprint. So. Yeah, and I, I've published some other people uh, from time to time, and currently mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. I'm very focused on uh, 
on our, uh, we have a radio network, so I'm really focused on that right now and uh, coming out with a couple of my own. Um, I've got a short story coming out, which may have given my son this, the idea of a short story, and another uh, smaller book coming out, um, hopefully by April of 2015. So mm-hmm. working on a few projects. Well, good. So you, uh, most of what you write, um, you publish yourself, but you have some outsiders that um, write. I know your daughter does. I, I went and had a look on the site, and she's on there. Right, um, right. And, uh, yeah, and Carol, Carol, and then Jill Whitlock was my co-author in, okay. on the creation series, yeah. And, yeah. and then I, I did uh, another um, couple of ladies that uh, were a mom-daughter team. I published their book, and then uh, Susan Marlowe. Uh, she wrote a book on uh, for kids on writing fiction, so that's there on the website. Yeah, mediaangels.com. All right, and it's it's is it curriculum mostly? Would you say? Uh, yeah, it it is. You know, I <laughs> if I had had a plan and, and probably would could stick to it, uh, we probably would have had about uh, you know twelve to twenty of the the study guides. Um, Unfortunately, uh, Jill um, ended up dying in 2007 from a brain mm-hmm. aneurysm, of all things, uh, very suddenly and unexpectedly. Uh, so that curtailed any more of, of our working together, and she was such a dear friend and such yeah. a great partner in this. I really wasn't able to find anyone else, even though there are many in the field, uh, that could could really take her place and work well you know, with what we were doing. So I felt like the Lord you know, closed the door. Mm-hmm. And so I, I created some uh, video uh, PowerPoint kind of slide presentations for some things and then um, some classes. And then I hosted my brother-in-law, uh, the high school professor and also college professor. And so I contacted him about um, uh, teaching my, my kids American history because mm-hmm. he does it from a totally biography point of view. And mm-hmm. uh, so he did that from his home in West Virginia and we're here in Florida and we did do a, a video of that. And so, you know, that's available. So a lot of what you see on my website are things that I personally have used, you know, either writing them for my family um, or, you know, creating the good novels that, you know, there's something that wholesome um you know there is there is a fun mystery twist to them uh we we got really good at writing uh by i would say the second and third novel yes yes <laughs> yeah number one all the pieces fit perfectly together yeah. um yeah. so but uh but yeah we we've had such a good time i you know how many people can say they've they've been able to write with their daughter and that was so much fun yeah. Now tell me about um, your seminars. How did you how did you break into that? You know, I mean, somebody kind of coming up and asking you to present on, right. on your book. So tell us about that. Um, it, you know, it's pretty much um, to begin with, it was word of mouth and, you know, just in talking to some of the parents. So I, I did a very small, um, you know, maybe 30 people were in the room seminar um, out in the middle of nowhere here in Florida. Mm-hmm. And who was in the audience but one of the directors of the statewide organization. So oh, oh. he invited me to apply to speak at the state convention. I said, well, I only attended. I, I don't speak there. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I spoke there between uh, 12 to 14 years. <laughs> oh, right. You know, and then like at the end, it was, you know, kind of off and on. And I haven't, 
um, been presenting there for about three years mm-hmm. because I ended up um, finding that, you know, traveling is fun and I didn't just do a ton of traveling um, other than maybe the first year uh, because of family obligations and my husband's business. And, uh, you know, you married the blue-eyed cowboy and I married mm-hmm. the blue-eyed blonde-haired, uh, you know, contractor. And so he liked me to go to, like, the, the grocery store with him or the, the you know, appliance place or wherever mm-hmm. he's going. So does that okay. describe a little bit of my relationship? <laughs> yes. yes. You know, so he didn't like the idea that I was going to be flying here and there and speaking and, you know, everybody staying home. So we just made sure that, you know, I, I, I agreed. It was an awful lot of work. I mean, if, if anyone's thinking about launching a book career, it, whether you are self-published or you have a publisher, you know, just be prepared, especially for the first couple of years to get your name out there, that you'll be on the road quite a bit. And yeah. that was fun. That chapter was great. And then mm-hmm. we just, um, Florida is so large. I've been able to speak quite a bit. And next year I am keynoting at a conference in North Florida and another one in Orlando. So mm-hmm. I'll That's be, good. you know, enjoying a couple of conferences. And um, then I moved really to online events. And yeah. That was a great challenge. So you, you offer uh, the Ultimate Homeschool Expo. Is that online? That is. And uh, we, uh, we had one huge year last year with uh, six different events that I, I used to have one very, very large expo between 50 to 100 sessions. Mm-hmm. So that was like mm-hmm. going to a very large state convention and you know it's like a homeschool convention in a box a lot of the speakers that people would hear um would uh present many of them were my friends that i've met over the years and um that was such a huge undertaking i just could not do that big of an event again so i broke it down into smaller ones and that worked out really well so people could just you know listen to a specific topic or um, you know, whatever was of their interest, and that worked out great. And those are available online. So it's at the Ultimate Homeschool Expo. And for this year, I wanted to do something different. Yeah. <laughs> so I launched in uh, September. I can't believe it's only been uh, September 2013. And uh, September 2014, so we celebrated our first anniversary. It was actually the very end of September. We did a soft launch and then it was October really would be the the month when everyone else's podcast began. And uh, again, I picked up the phone. I sent some emails out to some of my friends and said, hey, what do you think about having your own podcast on my network uh, that doesn't exist yet? Because <laughs> so, I was hoping people would say, you know, well, they did. Some of them did say, what crazy thing are you doing now, Felice? Uh, but you know, a lot of this is in, uh, you know, I go to prayer and I just say, you know, Lord, you know, uh, what do you think? And then I always say, well, you know, everybody should sit down and I know that, you know, it's not going to happen, but Mm -hmm. I had more yeses. I had, um, out of that, all the people that I invited, only two people said no. Really? Yeah. Uh, You know, so. So it was, um, you know, great fun getting that launched. Uh, we've had some growing pains because we grew very quickly. And uh, it has been wonderful for me uh, to be able to share, um, you know, it's 
free, which is nice. You know, we ha- we also have um, breaks with commercial breaks and so forth uh, that help to pay for our network. So, yeah. um, you know, whereas the expo was more of a ticketed event. So yeah. if you wanted, yeah. you know, a specific expo, you paid X, Y, and Z. Uh, for the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, that yeah. is totally free. That was yeah, great. Yeah. Podcasts are wonderful. Yeah, they are. They are. Well, I'm listening to you, and I know that you have what other people would say are hobbies. And a lot of times, you know, when you like, when I talked to Carol Top, for example, she said, "Find something that your children really enjoy doing, and then have them turn it into a business." And I know that you mm-hmm. really enjoy the beach and baking, reading, camping, hiking. So, how did? that translate into your writing and your your you know podcasting and your telecasting right. your 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 well, networks and that yeah the novels would be a great example um christina we had one of our our one of the things that i do for high school okay because you know people say well yes i i might from school but not through high school Mm-hmm. Well, I always say we have to make it different. If we're going to do a set curriculum and everything comes in a box and everything is exactly as the schools lay it out, you know, even if you have children who are college-bound, you know, you have to make it at least some element more exciting. <laughs> if, if yes, that, yes. That's even a word. I have one friend who, like, box at the word fun, and I, I love the word fun. Mm-hmm. And so... That was one of the things I, I say to each of my children. Um, what one thing are you going to do that is like it's the big senior project, but it is, you know, part of your homeschool and it does count. We'll find some course code to match, you know, for my, my college bound child. And, you know, and so with Christina, she just, um, one of the, when we were going through courses, um, archaeology and anthropology and paleontology, all of those really appealed to her. You know, uh, Neil loved the stars, and this is my two oldest, and Christina loved mm-hmm. the ocean. Like, mm-hmm. they one's up in the sky, one's yeah. beneath the earth, you yeah. know. So Christina got her scuba, so did Neil. They both got their scuba diving certifications, and then we went to the Keys and did some things there. And then we found um, these archaeological digs of all places, uh, mm. about 60 to maybe 70 minutes from my house. Uh, where they had a river had overflowed. And well, Felice, they were oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to interrupt yeah. you. We have to go on a short oh, sure. break, but you need to come back. Okay. I've made a note for where you are, yeah. and we'll be back in just right. a moment. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Then join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget on TogiNet Wednesday nights, 9, 8 central. Do you want to recreate a truly connected relationship or wonder, how do I tell my kids about things? 
Join Lou Paget, one of the world's best-selling authors in the field of sexuality, a certified sex educator and sought-after expert for all media and her renowned expert guests as they discuss anything and everything about sex that impacts our lives and our families' lives. For more on Lou, check out her website, loupaget.com. This is the show where the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health can finally give you the answer to that question. Join us for Sex Talk with Lou with your host, Lou Paget, Wednesday nights at 9, 8 central on toginet.com. This is the Toginet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. A live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Felice, just before we went on break, you were... Um linking i think things that we you, that your children really enjoyed mm-hmm. enjoyed doing and turning it into right. an activity that maybe could be um called a college credit it was their senior project and um you right. were at a, an archae you discovered this archaeological site in florida dig yeah yeah <laughs> so the kids did get a credit and i think a yeah. half a credit in te <laughs> that counted for their scuba <laughs> And it also was a college credit. You could have used it for college, which I we did use, but you could have. So Christina decided um, to turn the novels into um, that would revolve around, you know, archaeology, paleontology, and anthropology. And then when she went to college, she ended up uh, minoring um, in anthropology and uh, was even selected to go on a on an archaeological uh, world, maybe it's, it's an anthropological. They, all those ologies get to me. But, um, yeah, she got to go on a trip uh, as a senior in college. Uh, so, you know, it, it's amazing um, how it all worked out. And so she took that love, and she wrote a lot of the basis for the novel, the storyline, and so forth. And then I filled in with, um, as my mother-in-law would say, the boring part, oh. <laughs> you know, it's a, more of the educational uh, mm-hmm. part of it. But, uh, no, my mother-in-law was absolutely wonderful. She bought, I think, like 10 copies and donated it to the an upstate New York library where uh, they vacation every year. So, 
you know, it, it was such a good experience to be able yeah. to take those things. Yeah. Because you don't know, but, you know, did you know what you wanted to do in, in high school? Um, no. You know, none of us no, really do. No. Not really, not really. Some, college, a few yeah. do. My One of my children knew exactly what he wanted to do. Actually, both my boys knew exactly what they wanted to do, but the girls really didn't. So, you know, that, that and it worked for them. It worked out for them because they were allowed to do a lot of exploring as, as homeschoolers. So, you know, what <laughs> what they really loved to do play-wise, they were able to turn right. into their careers, which is, which is quite amazing. Um, well, uh, Felice... I was going to say, how did you homeschool within with with all of your businesses? But I think what you've done is you've told me that you just incorporated your life in with the homeschool family life. And were, were there times when you thought, oh, I'll just stop homeschooling so I can do my thing? It sounded as though you you might have thought that, but you didn't do that. You know, when you were traveling a lot right. and then your husband said, right. well, you know, perhaps I would, you know, that's really not the kind of life that we need as a family. That's not our culture, perhaps. So, right. You know, right. And, and that was, it was more of, you know, why did I write the first book mm, <laughs> or mm, the other, mm. the reverse? And, you know, there, there was a time I will be truthful here where, you know, thinking about homeschooling uh, high school again or middle school or even teaching a child to read. In fact, I was teasing Christina at the time that she was in college and Michael was, was little. And I said, you cannot leave this home until you teach him to read, you know, which, of course, wasn't mm-hmm. going to happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, you know, it was and I think that's what happens, Vivian, is we get so far ahead of ourselves that we look to the end. You know, I'm a goal person. I don't like writing goals, but I like to see that, you know, what is, what do I want to achieve? Like when I started as an education major, I wanted to be a principal. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to get from A to B, but I just knew that's what I wanted. And of course that didn't happen. So, um, you know, that's the, the type of thing I think you have to sit and you have to analyze and, and, you know, Please, listeners, you don't think that I'm doing this all myself. You know, currently I have uh, two assistants. So I do mm-hmm. have help. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I first began all my writing adventures, you know, I had to do cleaning help and things like that. I mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. really happy to be able I don't like to clean. And now we have so many uh, people around that are older people, you know, the teenagers that mm-hmm. we each have jobs. You know, I don't yeah. even have cleaning help anymore because I was finding very um, – uh, spoiled children, you know, yeah, yeah. dare I say. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so those are some things, you know, and, and uh, probably when they leave, I, I may get cleaning help again. Um, but, oh, yeah, but, then, you know, but so much will have been taken out of your life once they leave that you right. might be able to that's do your right. own cleaning. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> not something well, actually, I like. I, I don't do see not, it as much. Like... You know, I don't. I don't see yeah. that things have to be cleaned as much as when I had the children around. It was more more that I was disciplining them i suppose that you know on right. thursdays this is what we do without children right. around the house no don't do that i do you know something if i want to bake i, I go bake and i do that instead so oh, wonderful. You know, i think yeah. things change things change yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah 
Well, Felice, it's been wonderful talking to you. We've come to the end of our time. I've been talking to Felice Goetz about her many entrepreneurial ventures with the Lord at the helm and her husband, Jeffrey, by her side. Felice and Jeffrey totally homeschooled their five children. This afternoon, we talked about different challenges that she's faced um, as a home educator, as a stay-at-home mom, and as an author and radical outside-the-box dweller. She not only wrote her first book, she started a publishing business. You can find that on me. MediaAngels.com. I've got her site linked at the Sociable Homeschooler, which is my site, and on my show page at TogiNet Radio. Felice, thank you so much for joining me this week. Oh, I've so enjoyed it, Vivian, and I look forward to interviewing you on my show at VintageHomeschoolMom.com. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. You have a Merry okay. Christmas with your family and a very thank happy and grace-filled New Year. Bye. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that was interesting. Right up my street, all that writing and reading that Felice does with her family sounds very much like like my family and the kinds of things that we like to do. And um, based on that, the fact that our lives do change when our children leave, I've been thinking about helping others and wondering where that particular desire is going to take me. I've been pretty struck by the message of the gospel readings over the last few months, I suppose. They've been um, talking about feeding the poor, visiting the sick. And I realized that actually one-on-one, I don't actually, I don't do that. While I was homeschooling, I felt that my ministry was teaching and being with my children, but now I no longer have that. And I'm finding that my heart is um, trying to open to other ways to serve. The other night, My blue-eyed cowboy and I were on our way home from dinner with friends and we witnessed an accident very close to our apartments. We were just right there and we pulled over and um, my cowboy helped an elderly lady out of her truck and then went to help the other driver out of her car. And I sat the elderly lady down on one of the quilts that I happened to have in our trunk in the back of our car on the grass verge and then there was another man who had been behind her and he stopped and he sat down with her and surprisingly, they knew each other from church. It was completely accidental. It was a very God coincidence. So she became very much more comfortable. And then he was talking and he told us that he was undergoing heart surgery the following morning. So we all promised to pray for him. It was really a very touching experience. The paramedics were wonderful. And eventually the daughter showed up to take her mother to hospital to be checked over. And the other lady had hurt her neck and shoulder. And so she was taken off in the ambulance on a stretcher. Both the cars were probably totaled. And I learned from that experience that I need to be on the lookout for opportunities to help others. It's not necessarily going to be handed to me on a plate. How often do I just drive on past or turn the other way if I think something may hold me? up or make me late for something. And Jesus' answer to, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you was, whenever you did this to the least of my brethren, you did it for me. And I'm still in a gratitude mode from thinking about Thanksgiving. This year's holiday went quite well. And I think um, it took on, as usual, a different look as we once again had to accommodate our changing family dynamic. As I said, we had just moved and we decided that brunch would work really well instead of a full-blown meal. Plus, a couple of the children had other plans later on, as did other family members. So we decided to get everyone together first thing before it started to get hectic. We had such a successful meal, we may even make it a tradition 
We had brunch. We had eggs Benedict with ham and Brussels sprouts lightly sautéed with bacon that my son bought. My Texan made his family-renowned homemade cinnamon rolls, and we had juice and coffee. And we forgot to take any pictures. Really, so unlike us. Later in the afternoon, we went and met Dort's boyfriend's parents, and we had the full traditional feast with them and some of their friends. And it was such a pleasant day and very relaxed. So thank God for minimum stress. That's the way a holiday is supposed to go, isn't it? Now we're all set for Christmas. And to get us in the mood, this Sunday we're hosting my reading group's Christmas party, although it is still Advent. This is when the husbands join us and they love the event. The other English lady in the group alternates with me on hosting. And this year just happened to fall to the intrepid and unflappable McNenny household. We don't have room to put up a full tree, so we put up a small one, as I mentioned at the beginning of our show. And I think we're all set and we're all in the mood for Christmas. And I've finished nattering on for another week. It's time for me to go shopping for groceries so that I can start cooking appetizers. Christmas shopping may be included in that, although we're not doing so much this year since the children are older and independent. And they buy what they need um, when and when they need it and when they want it. Don't you find that? This instant gratification generation. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my producer Casey, my guest this week, Felice Gerwitz, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen, Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Take care and be safe. Go forth in peace for you followed the good road. Go forth without fear for he who created you has sanctified you, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Blessed be God for having created us from St. Clair's prayer. Uh, St. Clair of the poor Clairs. And I'm off, as I said, to do shopping and wish me luck on my cocktail party this weekend. And off you go. Bye. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney 